Hi, it's Hal Anderson. Thanks for checking out the daily podcast for my show, Connecting Winnipeg. And if you can, please listen live weekdays from 10 to noon on 680 CJOB. We spent the last segment talking about the Pope's apology in Edmonton for residential schools. Let's bring in uh, 6.30 Ched news anchor Eileen Bell. Now, Eileen, good morning. Good morning. Let me just start by saying you're doing some great reporting uh, from there, and we look forward to more of it today. It's a big day in Edmonton today. Absolutely. The Pope arrived here on Sunday, as you know, and uh, yesterday his big event was down in Massachusetts, as your listeners have just been hearing. But uh, today is the big event for Edmonton, which is Mass at Commonwealth Stadium. The Pope should have arrived um, at Clark Stadium, which is right next door to Commonwealth, uh, a few minutes ago, the plan is for him to use the Pope Mobile, which in this case is a um, converted Ford Wrangler, uh, to circle the field there so that the overflow crowd will be able to actually uh, see him first. Then he'll head over to Commonwealth Stadium. And again, he's got uh, about 45 minutes planned of being able to what what they're calling tour among the people. Um, we've got, it's normally, you've seen it as a football place, but uh with a firm floor put down and an altar built onto uh, the floor of Commonwealth Stadium, there is a lot of room on Commonwealth Stadium for seats. So while the stadium seats about 57,000 with the floor, it comes up to about 63,000 people that will be there and then a few thousand again over in uh, Clark Stadium. So it's it's quite a, a huge event. It's been meticulously planned, and it is, if you're Catholic or not, a full Holy Catholic Mass. So there will be prayers, there will be music, there will be a homily given by the Pope, and it will be just a, a magnificent um, act of, of celebration. Now, while it's going to be um, very much themes of, of reconciliation and forgiveness, today, July 26th, is the Feast of St. Anne and St. Joachim, who are the grandmother and grandfather of Jesus. They were Mary's parents. And uh, they are highly revered, not only by Catholics, by, but by many Indigenous Christians, uh, where elders are so widely respected. So a lot of the themes that will be used in the Mass today will be about grandparents and about uh, the respect that they deserve. So it's, it's going to have a, a different theme than what we've seen so far, but it's, it's going to be a beautiful, I think, heartwarming, heartwarming event for sure. Hmm, very interesting. Um, I think what strikes me about today, yesterday was about the apology. This whole trip is about the apology. But I think today, as you pointed out in what you just told us, today is significant to Catholics everywhere, right across the country and around the world. The Pope is here. Absolutely. And it, this is event is being broadcast on uh, Vatican um, interme- uh, Internet as well as uh, just the the host broadcaster that's beaming it across Canada, um, and it's going to be, uh, I think, just magnificent. And that's not all the Pope's doing today. He has another big mass, uh, not for as large an audience, but out at Lac Saint Anne. And as I mentioned, today is Saint Anne's um, feast day, and uh, this week, every July, around July 26th, um, close to 40,000 pilgrims from around North America head out to Lac Saint Anne. It's about about 100 kilometers northwest of Edmonton, uh, mostly west actually, and it's a, a lake that for, oh, since 1869, I think, it might have been 1899, um, people have gathered there because 
the waters of Lac St. Anne are, are said to be healing waters. Uh, and this was done by Indigenous peoples long before um, they were not the only people in the area. So it was, this is a long-standing tradition, and the Pope is going to bless the lake. He's going to say a Mass uh, before he returns to Edmonton. And then uh, there are still two more cities on the Canadian tour. Will that then be it in Edmonton? I can't remember. Yeah, he leaves tomorrow morning. I think it's a pretty busy day today. And, you know, uh, when I saw him at the airport on Sunday, he seemed extremely fragile. He had just come off a, you know, 10 and a half hour plane ride from Rome. But uh, he had to be helped um, very delicately out of his wheelchair onto the, the chair they had for him for the official welcoming ceremony. Um, then yesterday at uh, Muscatchese, he seemed much stronger. He he stood for periods of time. Uh, he also had had a special chair there, but he was on his feet longer than I expected to see him on his feet. And he was he was gaining energy. And uh, a person of faith might think God was helping prop him up yesterday for that uh, that big apology that had to be given. And it was um, he he seemed to have a, an extra. Um, boost of energy for what he had to do yesterday, and I'm sure we'll see that again today. Hmm. Eileen, you and I have been doing this a long time. Uh, in my current position, I get paid for my opinion from time to time, uh, so I, I give it, and then I ask my listeners to give their opinions on what we're talking about. Uh, I have to ask you, as a news anchor now at 6.30 Chet in Edmonton, you've been in the news business a long time, historic day yesterday what was that like covering it for you i'm i'm jealous that you're there and i'm not it was an honor it was definitely i've been in broadcasting now 45 years and it's been um it was definitely one of my my bucket list items the other one was to cover the queen and i had the chance to do that in 2005 but i i can't think of anyone else on a world level that is as um powerful a figure and uh, i mean there are over what is it um 1.2 billion catholics in the world and this man mm-hmm. leads 1.2 billion people right it's yeah. uh he has, he has massive responsibilities because part of the pope's role is to be the the pastor to each catholic the universal pastor and he really you could hear in his voice yesterday even if you couldn't understand his his spanish that he, he was speaking before it was translated uh, into English for the group, you could hear the passion he had. And something that didn't get much coverage is he talked about how back in March, early April, when that first delegation went out to the Vatican where he issued the first apology out there, they gave him mock- two sets of children's moccasins, and they said, keep these with you to remember the the children that were lost in the residential school system. And at the end of the event yesterday, there was a quiet moment on stage where he brought them back with him and said, here, here they are, these are sacred relics to you, uh, that he had pondered them quite a, quite a bit in the last um, couple of months since he's had them, but he was returning them to the people in Moskwachis yesterday. Um, they were moccasins of the children before they had been taken into the residential schools. It was very, very, um, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, incredibly moving. All of it was. Um, and, uh, you know, you talked about this being a powerful religious leader. Um, and to be there and be covering it on such a historic day where he apologized for abuses at residential schools. And as I said at the start of my show almost half an hour ago now, those words, generations have been waiting 
you know, many years to hear those words and then to be there and, and covering it. As I, as I said, I'm jealous, and, and you've done a great job. Thank you. It was um, it was an absolute honor to be there, and I, I was surprised that the media were as close to the action, I guess, or to the stage as we were. But mm-hmm. I, like I sat directly across from him, and it was um, just mind blowing to have the opportunity mm-hmm. to be there and to hear hear the clou- the crowd's reactions to. The, the things that he was saying, the applause and the um, the cheering. And uh, at the end of it, Chief Willie Littlechild uh, presented him with a, um, uh, a headdress, a traditional Native headdress, and the crowd went wild when he accepted it and wore it for them for not, not for very long, but for a few minutes he stood there and, and smiled and wore it um, before he returned back to his, his normal, um, I want to say, headpiece. I Mm-hmm. Um, it was a beautiful moment, and, and to me, it, it seemed to express them saying, "Here, you're, you're our friend. You're, you're one of us." And it was a, it, it seemed like a, a powerful moment of uh, accepting what was said by by many of the people there. There, there are some people who didn't think that he went far enough, but I think there were many there that never thought they would see the day that they saw yesterday. Yeah, Eileen Bell, thank you. Thank you, Hal. And joining us on the phone now, a local digital creator, Andrew McRae. Andrew, good morning. Good morning, Al. I just realized we've got Andrew McRae, and then coming up here in 15 minutes, Curtis McRae. So we've got the McRae's on. I love this. You have developed a new app. It's now available, and we'll get into that. Uh, it's called Winnipee. I love the name, and it shows people where to go. Yeah, it's at winnap.com, and uh, we've only been live for a couple of days, and um, hopefully it'll make it really easy for people to find a bathroom when they need to do their business. I love the idea. I'll tell you why I love the idea in a bit. How did you come up with it? Um, well, it's been it's probably been brewing for a few years. I used to live in the Avenue Apartments by Portage and Maine, and uh, this was like around the time the Jets were in the playoff, and there were a lot of people in the neighborhood that would kind of relieve themselves across the street from my apartment or around the neighborhood. And um, it was people from like all walks of life. And I was kind of thinking like, there's not a lot of dignity in that. So I wanted to create a service where it's like, if you need a bathroom, you should have like a clean, safe place to kind of go. And I know that lots of people, whether they have children or not, um, could really use a service like this. So it just kind of sat in the back of my mind. Uh, the name popped into my head a couple of months ago. The .com and .ca were available, so I snatched them up. And then I think it's been, it's kind of come together pretty quickly. It's a, it's kind of a prototype to see if the idea would work. And, uh, and then I think in the last week or so, I've really kind of polished it up to put it out there. And it is about dignity, and it's, yes, for parents that have small children, Where? what do you mean you have to go now? Where are we going to go? Well, but it's also, as I said, for a guy like me, as I get older, my bladder does not cooperate the way it once did, right? And so it, it really does, I think, this um, app, Winnipeg, appeals to everybody under many different circumstances. I definitely think so. And I think there's, um, like, when you're kind of, facing that pressure and you need to go, I think you're probably not going to be thinking clearly about like, where can I actually 
find the bathroom. So uh, this will be crowdsourced information. We've only been live for two days. We really need people to help us input some of the data. But um, there's a lot of places where you could find a bathroom. And, you know, it might be a community center. It might be a fast food restaurant. The city of Winnipeg itself has four or five public washrooms in the downtown area. Um, So if you just pop open this website, it'll show you exactly where you are and it'll show little toilets on pins on the map so that you can get to one pretty quickly near you. So you want people to go to the website, winnipeg.com, winnipeg.ca. Which one is it? .com, .com, I guess, would be the the primary one. The other one probably directs everybody to the the website. You want them to go there and say, hey, I know of a bathroom where people can go and add it, and and that's how this is going to work and be a success. Exactly. And uh, there's also a chance to rate how the facilities look or leave comments about things to pay attention to. Uh, we're categorizing things like if they're homeless friendly, child friendly, because some places are 18 plus possibly, um, if there's vending machines, if there's water fountains, if the space is wheelchair accessible. Um, so, And even if there's like gender neutral bathrooms or what else there may be at that facility. This is it's brilliant, Andrew. Congratulations! It's such a, a creative uh, idea, and I love it. Eve, by the way, who's a regular listener, has come up with your tagline. Would you like to hear it? Sure. <laughs> Eve, Eve says Winnipeg. So here's your tagline, Andrew. Winnipeg will make your bladder gladder. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. They're getting he's even giving you taglines for your uh for your your app and and your website. I love that. I'll tell you why else I uh, this struck me as a really good idea. I was just reading an article the other day about how Starbucks in the US. Now I don't know about here, but in the US, uh, Starbucks is sort of known as America's bathroom. And Starbucks in the US is actually thinking about shutting down all the bathrooms to the public. Because I, you know, it's I guess they're it's an annoyance. They they don't want people coming in without buying a coffee. But I can't tell you how many coffees or how many sandwiches or donuts or whatever I have had to purchase in order to use a bathroom. And so when I read that story the other day about Starbucks thinking about shutting down their bathrooms in the U.S. so people couldn't use them, I thought this is great. Winnipeg would be a, a great app to have in a case like that. Well, and I have a similar story to that. So when I was a teenager, I was working at McDonald's and uh, someone from corporate office came in and they had mentioned to me in casual conversation that they want their customers to know that they can rely on McDonald's anywhere in the world to provide a bathroom, even if they're making a purchase or not. And so that's kind of stuck in the back of my mind throughout this as well, where it's like, I know that I can find a McDonald's anywhere and I should be able to use that bathroom because I've bought a lot of those burgers and everything. And, and just the fact that, you know, they support the fact that like going to the bathroom is not a choice. It's kind of a human right that we need to be able to go to the bathroom. So uh, being able to provide those facilities, I think is really important. Andrew, really appreciate your time here. Good luck with it. I'll spread the word. Thank you. We just talked to, the creator of the new app, Winnipeg, Andrew McRae, winnipeg.com, and he wants you to put bathrooms in there. Just got going a couple days ago, and uh, I, I love the idea of the app. And then Eve <laughs> sent in his contribution, Winnipeg, the tagline, Winnipeg will make your bladder gladder. And then Dan had a really good point. 
Dan says, Hal, I agree. Winnipee is a good idea, but what about Winnipoo? <laughs> it works too. And it sounds more like the famous bear, Winnie the Pooh. I have passed that idea, Dan, on to Andrew. Uh, but thank you for you. You guys are way better. You guys should have your own radio shows. You're way better at this stuff than, than I am. Curtis McRae. Uh, the second McRae that we're going to talk to this half hour. Curtis McRae is a farmer in the St. Andrews area. Curtis, good morning. Hey, good morning, Hal. You've been on uh, Clay Young's Weekend Morning Show quite a bit. You've been on my show uh, a fair amount, and you and I have stayed in touch by text message, and you've been sending me uh, photos of some of your crops, including your sunflowers in the Clandeboy area on my way home on Sunday. I took a look, and they're looking pretty good. Well, we have winners and losers, but that sunflower field is definitely one of my winners. It makes me feel happy when I drive by it, and I'm sure in the next couple of weeks, lots of cottage goers are going to have the same experience of having joy seeing a beautiful field. Well, and how many people pull over, get out of their car, and take a picture in front of those sunflowers? I'm, I'm afraid that that number is going to be large, and hopefully they can stay out of the field and respect uh, respect my plants. Sure. But, yeah. but I and feel we, the joy we, that they feel when they drive by, because you saw them, they look yeah. beautiful, and the next week they'll start flowering. Yeah, and we would ask people to do that, be, to definitely be respectful when they're taking pictures. I, I hear you. It, why the sunflowers, why are they doing so well? Has this year of weird weather been good for them? Um, I think the heat has been well because they stooled for a while. And I guess at the end of the day, what farmers do is we collect sunlight. And our powerhouse of collecting sun, sunlight is a sunflower. And you might have seen them on Sunday, Hal, but they've already grown a foot since then. Really? Yeah, this, this time of year, they just motor. Hmm. And, um, and, and you're right, it is an interesting crop, right? I mean, another one that puts a smile, I'll tell you a couple that puts a smile, that put a smile on my face when I see crops out there. And it reminds me of my childhood and, and helping out my grandpa and my, my uncle on their farm and my dad. I grew up until about the age of five or six, I was on my dad's farm and then the family farm was given up and, and he went to work. But I, uh, I always smile when I see a mustard field because it's beautiful, bright yellow sunflowers corn and flax we don't see a lot of flax here but flax is beautiful at at a certain point when the whole it looks like a an ocean a big lake yeah and flax is just hitting that stage right now i've seen a couple flax fields around and they they do look great and i mean when when from the farmer eye right now it's the wheat fields that are making us happy because they love the moisture we've been getting the only downside is that it's definitely they have some issues with some fungus issues right now because it's so humid in the microclimates they make. But uh, wheat is really going to town right now, too. Hmm, which is great news. So listen, the people that were able to get their crops, the, you know, the seeds in the ground, and I realize that there were some parts of some of your fields where that wasn't possible because of all the moisture. But how are you feeling about this year's crops, the harvest in general, for those that did manage to get seed in the ground? Yeah, if you could erase the zero-seeded crops, I think the harvest would look pretty good. And it's funny because some of my best fields are right beside fields that I couldn't get a single seed into. So <laughs> really, really difficult year that way, but excitement for harvest. I mean, it's going to be late, but we'll get it done eventually. Mm-hmm. How many uh, farmers were just unable to get some of those seeds in the ground was it a lot like if you were to guess in your area and, and you talk to a lot of different producers out there what, what are they telling you how much of their normal crop didn't make it into the the ground the seed process 
I would think in this area, a good solid 10%, maybe even a little bit more because we start to get closer to the marsh area, which can expand its limits sometimes when we get really wet. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm curious, you know, we talk a lot about climate change and we talk, uh, uh, you know, a lot about temperatures. If I have time in the final half hour of the show, I'll I'll get into what's happening in parts of the U.S. They've got incredible heat and some wildfires burning down there. As a farmer at your level, are you looking at, hmm, maybe I'm going to plant more sunflower or maybe I'm going to plant more wheat? Or are you looking at what you seed every year and making changes to that based on the weather and what we've been seeing? Um, a lot of it's based weather, uh, marketing. So I think what really helps us out is having a variety of plants. And sunflowers is a newer addition to my farm, so it adds me that one more level of risk protection. Mm-hmm. So not having just two crops, having more like five crops, really sets us in a stronger footing. And a lot of that's brought to us by advances in genetics, because years ago, sunflowers couldn't dry in wetter climates. Yeah. And is there good money in, in sunflower? Is it, uh, is it, does it vary like some of the other crops, or is it more stable? Uh, it's had a pretty wild ride the last year because there was a real shortage of it because people kind of got out of growing it. Um, it's also a crop that requires a lot more risk because you seed it mid-season, but it's the last crop that you'll take off. So mm-hmm. it has more chance to get damaged by bad weather. Yeah. Hey, Curtis, thanks for uh, all of your on-air contributions and off-air. I enjoy getting your text messages and, and seeing the crops, and, and I'm really happy to hear the sunflowers by Clan de Boyer doing well. Yeah, me too. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Curtis, Al. thanks a lot. Talk soon. Bye.